Welcome to Towards Leadership from Leadership Letters, the podcast reflecting on and discussing all things leadership. I'm Lizzie Bentley Bowers. Thank you for joining us today. The impact of leadership is everywhere and the world needs leaders that are equipped to go towards anything and everything their world of work presents to them and contribute to better, happier, sustainable and empowered workplaces. And it's our mission to help you to do that. Towards Leadership is where we take a deeper dive into some of the ideas, insights and inspiration we get from talking to our guests over on Leadership Letters so that you can apply what you've heard to your leadership. In today's episode, we're reflecting on our conversation with the CEO of the Sport and Recreation Alliance, Lisa Wainwright. With so much rich leadership insight to select from, choosing a focus from Lisa's episode was a challenge. Let's start, though, with courage. It was really hard. A lot of people turned their back on me. And you know what? I didn't care. I care about the young kiddie in Barkin who has limited opportunities, but through sport can have better life. And I just had to keep that at my heart. So, And that was the courage I saw in, in Billie Jean King. There was so many. I mean, the risks that she took, mine are no risk. I was two years of hell, quite frankly, but hers has been a lifetime. Lisa talked quite a lot about courage in various forms as a leader. And there was so much to dive into from courage alone. We were discussing how leaders who find themselves needing to be continually courageous can best resource themselves. And Lisa talked about having people you trust around you who share a collective belief in what you deliver. So let's take a moment with that question of collective belief. There's so much great resource around understanding and communicating why what you are collectively doing matters and how that impacts organisational culture as well as individual well-being. Simon Sinek's work on the power of why, Bill George's True North, are two of many examples of this. A stumbling block we often find leaders have once they've understood and communicated their sense of purpose is repeating it. Leaders sometimes hold back from repetition for fear of repeating themselves. And yet it's that very repetition that ensures that everyone has heard your message, particularly if they didn't, for whatever reason, hear it that well the first, second or even fifth time you said it. We all need reminders that what we are doing matters. So as leaders, repeating your messages about purpose and impact and what you are making possible by doing what you're doing can be reassuring, motivating, comforting, inspiring. It can meet a whole range of different needs at different times. So getting comfortable with repetition is therefore crucial for you as leaders. Three tips on this then. First, take yourself somewhere quiet and practice saying the things you want to say about collective belief. Saying them out loud is the only way you'll really understand how what you are saying actually sounds. Which brings us to tip two, which is to record yourself. By saying it out loud and listening back, you'll hear how you really sound. When you hear yourself back, you're more able to notice words, phrases, or a tone of voice that maybe isn't in keeping with the impression you want to make. Which takes us in turn to tip three, which is to use that practice and playing back to experiment a bit. Experimenting with our voices, turning up the dial a bit on the emotion we're seeking to express, can have a huge impact, not only on whether our messages are landing in the way we intend, but in the extent to which we're engaging people and sending out the kind of energy that encourages them to pay attention to us. 
It's an opportunity also to experiment with tone and inflection in your voice. Try saying the same sentence three or four times, but with a different intention each time. You could say it in a reassuring way, then in a motivating way, then an exciting way, then maybe an intriguing way. Repeating your messages with different intentions will mean that you naturally edit your content in different ways and help you get used to having a greater range of expression. It also helps free you up from having set ways of saying things so that you feel more comfortable if you do happen to say it differently one time. All this helps with getting more comfortable with repeating yourself and remembering how helpful that repetition is to others. And coming back to courage, that practice means you're calling less on your courage and more on your preparation, which is also a good thing energy-wise. Let's go back to that conversation we were having with Lisa about courage though. During our conversation about courage and who you surround yourself with, Lisa recommended the work of Zella King and Amanda Scott, who wrote Who is in your personal boardroom? As always, we'll pop a link to that and all the other resources we talk about today in the notes that accompany this episode. This is a book we've shared with leaders in the past as an extension of the work we do on taking a look at your internal boardroom. But what on earth is an internal boardroom, I hear you cry. Let's start with that. Part of the work we do with leaders is to separate out and listen to the voices in their own heads and what they are saying and what their choices are around that. We look at this in preparing presentations and managing nerves, maybe in considering how we think about and communicate with colleagues, in building confidence, curiosity, many more examples. And a quick side note that all the leaders that I'm about to talk about have given their permission for us to do so. So it can be really interesting to pay more attention to your voices, including ones that are there but don't necessarily get much attention and to truly listen to what they have to say. When they work on turning down the noise from the rest of the world and their long to-do list and tune in to what they are saying to themselves, our leaders have noticed that voices are often very quickly revealed, giving them some insight into all the things they've been carrying around, sometimes without even realising it. Sometimes what their voices are saying can be surprising and sometimes not so kind. One leader said to us, I was not expecting that and went on to say, it makes me wonder if they are that noisy when I pay attention to them, are they making more of a contribution than I would ideally like when I'm not paying attention to them? Probably was the not so comfortable truth on that. And it's worth adding that our voices aren't always quiet. They can be loud and persistent too. Fortunately, there are other voices as well, much more useful, kind, supportive, encouraging and motivating ones. And they, of course, have a place at the metaphorical table too. We can think of these voices as our internal leadership team. We ask leaders to run the film inside their head of all the positive folk filing in, pulling up a chair and taking their rightful place at their boardroom table, side by side with some of those more negative, more challenging ones. One leader shared the experience of imagining that. They said it was so palpable it made me laugh out loud. There was some reaction from the negative ones, a bit of sulking about who else was getting to come in, a discussion who had about who had the most right to be there and who should stay and who was being requested to leave, all of that happening in a matter of seconds. They talked about how it was both quite a funny moment and a really powerful moment. 
Another leader talked about how it reminded them that they're not always choosing who comes into that internal boardroom. And sometimes they're just simply going with whoever happens to have taken a seat that day. So the question for you as leaders is, who is on your internal leadership team and what are they doing there? So some questions for you to try this out. As you prepare for perhaps an important conversation or a meeting, or maybe even you're drafting an email, pause and notice, or maybe even note down or even draw, who is present on that internal team in your head? It might not be who you assume it is. So take a look, who is in there, name them. Are the voices that are having the most influence the most useful ones? Could they be joined by some other voices on that internal boardroom who also have a contribution to make? Who do you need in there? Who keeps arriving late? Who needs to be reminded that they're invited and would actually be a very useful addition? And what is every voice, even those negative ones, trying to do to support you? And who therefore needs to be reminded about how they offer that support in the most useful way? Hearing all the voices makes for more choices. Cheesy rhyme, but it's true. There's a great quote from Arianna Huffington that relates to this. She said, you spend most of your life in your head, make it a nice place to be. A final observation from one of our leaders who noticed how they tend to do this for others and not for themselves. They said, I do regularly make the effort to quieten down the voices in my head in order to listen to other people. But I realise I don't do that for myself when I have something to get done or I'm preparing. And that's when the voices who I could really do with being present have taken a break or been shut out. I need to call on my full team for myself as well as for other people. Circling back to Lisa's recommendation, Zella King and Amanda Scott's book, Who is in Your Personal Boardroom? This is a useful layer to add to this work, I think, because it encourages leaders to think carefully about their network and who they surround themselves with. They offer 12 roles to fill so that for every scenario, you have one or more people you can call on to support your leadership thinking. By having these roles filled in our lives, not only do we have them to turn to, but we have more access to a range of thinking and that in turn supports the range of voices in our heads, as well as our ability to access voices that bring curiosity and confidence. And it's important to note with this kind of work, please do take care of yourselves. Occasionally, doing this kind of work or even thinking about it can surface some strong feelings. So if in hearing this or thinking about this, it's raised more challenge than it has helped with, we encourage you to seek support. Sharing with a trusted friend or a colleague can be a great place to start. Seeking professional help such as counselling or coaching is also a great step to take. Here in the UK, you can reach out to organisations like Mind or BetterHelp. And knowing we have listeners around the world, we encourage a quick online search to see what's available in your region if you need some support with this work. On then to our usual read, watch and listen to recommendations. Lisa spoke about the importance of embracing difference and empowering others. So a to read recommendation this month is Unleashed by Francis Fry and Anne Morris. It's a book that will really help you think about how you are doing that as a leader, embracing difference and empowering others. A really powerful opening statement from them is that the heady truth 
is that we all have the ability to release the energy of possibility in someone else's life. Fry and Morris want leaders to have conversations that really matter with their team members. And they talk about the risk of not having those conversations. That if you're not giving people the guidance and the insight and the honesty that they really need, then you're making a decision to trade off other people's excellence in order to stay within the limits of your own emotional safety zone. So powerful that as a question for reflection for us all as leaders. So there's a blend in this book of some of the principles of radical candor, servant leadership, high performance. There's challenge in there. There's encouragement to lead in a coaching style for the benefit of all. And really great in combination, I think, with the work of people like Latonya Wilkins, Shireen Daniels, Janara Nerenberg, who I think have all had a mention before, but we'll pop links to their work in the notes as well. Our to listen to recommendation actually is more from Janara Nerenberg on the Where We Go Next podcast, where she talks more about thriving in a world that wasn't designed for you. So to Lisa's point about making sure that you surround yourself with people who are not like you and you understand people who are not like you. Janara's work is full of insights into how as leaders, we can create worlds of work in which everyone can thrive. So with that much to consider and think about and the festive season in mind, it being December 2023 as this goes out, we'll sign off with a to watch recommendation that we always make at this time of year. As believers in kindness everywhere, including and especially the workplace, grab yourself a hot chocolate and enjoy a spot of leadership lesson, Buddy the Elf style. So that's it for today. As ever, you'll find links to everything we've mentioned in the notes that accompany this episode, including to the movie Elf. Two questions for you today as we close. Firstly, what would you have loved to hear more about from Lisa's episode? There was so much in there. What were the topics that we haven't covered? Let us know. And finally, if we ask you to think of someone who might find this episode useful, who comes to mind? We'd love it if you'd consider supporting them and us by forwarding them a link to this episode. We'll be back in 2024 with more guests on Leadership Letters and more deep dives into leadership on Towards Leadership here. Following us where you download your podcasts, we'll make sure that you don't miss out on that. This is Towards Leadership from Leadership Letters. Thank you so much for joining us. See you soon. Mm -hmm.